from Carl Schurz Park on the update this Tuesday. There's now a sobering statistic in the number of deaths in the coronavirus pandemic. With nearly 139,000 positive cases in the state, the number of deaths in the city from the virus has eclipsed 3,200. 225 more deaths than those that were killed at the World Trade Center on 9-11. We'll have the latest details. The virus is now wreaking havoc on families' custody arrangements. As already few and former couples are now, are now battling over each other's approach to stay-at-home orders. People who are familiar with these discussions tell the Associated Press that putting all 30 teams in the Phoenix area this season and playing in empty ballparks was among the ideas that was discussed by MLB and the Players Association. And in Wisconsin, hundreds of voters are waiting in line to cast ballots at polling places for the state's presidential primary election. Dear defying orders for the for democracy, a stay-at-home order over the coronavirus threat. This is the update on the road, Tuesday, April the 7th, 2020. From the Tommy Lynn Studios on the streets of New York City, this is The Update with Brandon Julian. And a very pleasant Tuesday evening to you, Brandon Julian here on the road at Carl Schurz Park, New York Gracie Mansion on the upper east side of Manhattan. Gracie Mansion, of course, is where the mayor of New York City lives in Bill de Blasio, Astoria, Queens, just over the East River. We have a lot of news to get to this Tuesday, including the latest coronavirus developments. We are going to begin, though, with some sobering numbers as the governor delivered his daily briefing earlier today. We've learned that the death toll from the coronavirus has now eclipsed the number of those that were killed at the World Trade Center on 9-11. Health officials say that more than 3,200 people have been killed in the city so far. That's about 450 more that were, that were killed in the city in 2001 when hijacked planes, of course, slammed into the World Trade Center. In Britain, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is in intensive care with the virus. And Japan has declared a, st- a month-long state of emergency for Tokyo and six other regions. But several other countries in Europe, including Italy and France, are reporting more positive trends. Of course, with the virus upending almost every portion of everyday life, it's now starting to wreak havoc on families' custody arrangements. New plans have had to be made as parents are getting sick or exposed to the illness, and already feuding former couples are now battling each other over each other's approach to stay-at-home orders. And as millions of people continue to lose their jobs, divorced parents are starting to ask to modify their child support arrangements, and those who rely on checks are worrying about how they'll get by. The chaos is also unfurling as courts are closed except for emergency matters. Family lawyers and experts said that they expect to see pandemic clauses in future divorce and custody agreements. 
Despite the pandemic, there is some other news happening in this city. And the NYPD says that a man has now been stabbed to death on a New York City subway train. Officers responded to a 911 call just after 2.30 this morning and found the unconscious victim on board a J train at the Lorimer Street Station in Brooklyn. The victim had been stabbed in the back and neck. He was taken to Woodhull Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. His name was not immediately released, and the attacker fled. Going back to the coronavirus pandemic, the Associated Press recently spent a, spent a day on the road with a Brooklyn funeral director has been overwhelmed by demand due to the outbreak. Tom Cheeseman is picking up as many as 10 bodies a day. Most bodies are coming from homes and hospitals. He's been appalled also by the treatment of the deceased at some hospitals where bodies are being piled into refrigerated trucks. Hospitals couldn't even locate the remains he had been sent to pick up twice this week. It's making it difficult to handle the deceased with the dignity he believes that they deserve. He said, quote, we're the last responders. Our job is just to be as important as the first responders. Yesterday, during his briefing, the governor of this state, Governor Cuomo, said that he was extending stay-at-home restrictions through the end of the month and increasing fines on violators of social distancing up to $1,000. He cited a fresh evidence yesterday that the outbreak fighting rules could be helping the state avoid a worst-case catastrophe. The state has so far compiled nearly 4,800 deaths from COVID-19, with 599 of them reported in the last 24 hours. It remains, of course, the most impacted state, with more than 130,000 laboratory-confirmed cases and close to 17,000 people who are hospitalized. But the number of new people who are entering hospitals daily has dropped, as have ICU admissions. Cuomo has called the data hopeful, but inconclusive, and warned that it was no time to relax the rules that have been designed to cut down on transmission. Out west in Sacramento in California, 500 ventilators on loan from California will now be deployed to four states and two U.S. territories as they battle the virus. California Governor Gavin Newsom announced plans to lend the ventilators yesterday to the national stockpile, even as the state is hunting for more of its own supplies. Vice President Mike Pence says that the ventilators will be sent to Nevada, Maryland, Delaware, the District of Columbia, the Northern Mariana Islands, and Guam. But Newsom suggested that some of the ventilators may go to hard-hit New York. But he said that the federal government should decide where they were needed the most. And of course we told you yesterday about how thousands of workers have been thrust onto the front lines of the coronavirus emergency here in the city. That includes emergency medical technicians like Josh Allert, whose days are a blur and also a battle. His mental and physical stamina are being constantly put to the test as the 22-year-old EMT transports coronavirus patients around New York. He's burdened by the push and pull between the desire to help at the epicenter of the pandemic and the knowledge that doing so separates him from the people that he loves. He worries about getting sick or infecting his own family.
Time for us to step aside for a moment. When we return on the update this Tuesday, because we still have a lot more to cover, we'll give you the latest transit information during the MTA's essential service plan. And then we're going to talk some sports, including how can they, could they possibly pull this off? A person who's familiar with this discussion is telling the AP that putting all 30 teams in the Phoenix area this season and playing in empty ballparks is among the ideas that's being discussed by MLB and the Players Association. Uh, we're going to talk about all that and more when the update with Brad and Julian returns. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brandy Julian. We'll be right back. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happened to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. get you started with a check of the subways of course the mta is still running an essential service plan that means trains are running every 20 to 30 minutes on certain lines because of the lack of train crews that are available there is also no service suspended on the b c grand central shuttle w and z trains for alternate service you can use the 7 a d e N, Q, R, and J trains. Also, accessibility work continues until 2020, until the spring of 2020 on your N trains. Last stop is 86th Street. Uh, for service to and from Coney Island, you can use a D, F, or D, F, or Q train. A free transfer is also available between the Avenue XF train station and the 86th Street N train station. It's about a five-minute walk, or you can transfer to the B1 or B4 buses when using your Metro card. For wheelchair-accessible passengers, you can transfer to the D train at 34th Street, Herald Square, Atlantic Avenue Bar, Clay Center, or New Utrecht Avenue, 62nd Street. Now, 
with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. With all the coronavirus uh, canceling and suspending seasons up to this point, MLB, or at least the people who are know the situation or talking to MLB about something that is absolutely positively incredible. People who are familiar with these discussions are telling the Associated Press that putting all 30 teams in the Phoenix area this season and playing in empty ballparks is among the ideas that is being discussed by MLB and the Players Association. The sides held a phone call to talk about pass forward for a season that's being delayed, of course, by the pandemic, but the ideas are still in the early stages. Arizona's advantage is that all 10 spring training ballparks, plus the Arizona Diamondbacks' chase vehicles, are all within about 50 miles. Scott Boris, baseball's most prominent agent, said that it might be the quickest method to start play. Well, let's see if they're able to pull this off. And finally, let's go down to Charlotte in North Carolina to talk some football. Uh, Cam Newton says he felt, he feels like a fish out of water being a free agent for the first time in his nine-year NFL career. Newton says that being released by the Carolina Panthers left him with a chip on his shoulder, and, and that has turned, quote, into family size real quick. He made the comments during a conversation with Thunderguard Chris Paul on Instagram Live. But Newton didn't give any indication about where he might be interested in signing. The 2015 league MVP only played in two games last season and is coming off a of foot surgery. He also has been able to meet with NFL teams due to the coronavirus travel restrictions. When we return on the update this Tuesday, we're going to talk about our weirder but true stories about how a donut shop is featuring the likeness of Dr. Anthony Fauci. And our customers in a Walmart cheered after a woman gave birth to a baby girl. But can you guess which aisle? And then, of course, we'll also talk about what happened on this day in history. It's all coming up when the update with Brandon Julian on the road from near Gracie Mansion returns. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brandy Julian. We'll be right back. I'm 54, so basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... <laughs> hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Beijing Common Sense 
bathed in common sense. Anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Welcome back to the update on the road from Carl Schurz Park near Gracie Mansion, of course, where the mayor of New York City lives. We can see uh, Astoria, Queens over in the background. You know, one of the benefits of doing these on-the-road programs is that uh, it gives me lots of practice for... Um, you know, for not having an actual studio uh, to work with. Of course, I miss my radio show ever so dearly, but hey, it's the next best thing, and I still get to talk about things that I never would have uh, had the opportunity to uh, to do if I still had the radio show. So this is good practice uh, for uh, whenever I decide to go to my next college if they don't have an ample radio program there. Hey, you still uh, you have the ability to do your show from wherever. You just need to practice, practice, practice. And during this crisis, that's exactly what we're doing. Anyway, let's talk about the word of a true stories we have this Tuesday. We'll start off north in Rochester, where an upstate New York donut shop is now featuring the likeness of the doctor that's leading the country's battle with coronavirus on its sweet treats. Uh, donuts Delight in Rochester has begun selling hundreds of donuts with Dr. Anthony Fauci's face, uh, surrounded by white frosting and topped with patriotic sprinkles. Nick Simiero, the franchisee of the cafe, says that the exclusive treats have been selling like crazy since the store put them on display back on uh, back on Monday. The shop's decision was inspired by the 79-year-old's doctor's straightforward communication style and calm demeanor while he's been advising millions of Americans amid a pandemic. Uh, it's a win-win situation when it comes to that. I don't see anything to complain about. And finally, let's go travel to the Midwest in Springfield in Missouri. Customers there cheered at a Walmart after a woman gave birth to a baby girl in the store's toilet paper aisle. Store manager Jessica Hinkle says that the woman told employees on Wednesday that her water broke. KYTV reports that Hinkle held up a sheet for privacy while a labor nurse who happened to be in the store and firefighters helped the woman deliver her baby. Customers then cheered as they were taken away to the ambulance. The birth, of course, took place at Shoppers Nationwide are converging on stores to stockpile toilet paper and other basics amid the pandemic. Hinkle says that she's told that both mom and baby are doing very well. And in this time of crisis, that's all you can really be happy for. Let's talk about what happened on this day in history for this April the 7th. The highlight of his day came in 1862, when Union forces led by General Ulysses S. Grant defeated the Confederates at the Battle of Shiloh in Tennessee. In 1798, the Mississippi Territory was created by an act of Congress with Nachizel Nachiz. There we go. As the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the cheese as the cow. I don't know how much to mess that up. <laughs> 
in 1915, jazz singer and songwriter Billie Holiday, also known as Lady Day, was born in Philadelphia. In 1927, the image and voice of Commerce Secretary Herbert Hoover were transmitted live from Washington to New York in the first successful long-distance demonstration of television. In 1947, auto pioneer Henry Ford died in Dearborn, Michigan at the age of 83. In 1953, the UN General Assembly ratified Dag Hammarskjöld of Sweden as the new Secretary General, succeeding Tigreve Lee of Norway. In 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower held a news conference in which he spoke of the importance of containing the spread of communism in Indochina, saying, quote, You have a row of dominoes set up, you knock over the first one, and what will happen to the last one is the certainty that it will go over very quickly. This also became known as the domino theory, although Eisenhower didn't exactly use that term. In 1962, nearly 1,200 Cuban exiles tried by Cuba for their roles in the failed Bay of Pigs invasion were convicted of treason. In 1964, IBM introduced its System Slash 360, the company's first line of compatible mainframe computers that gave customers the option of upgrading from lower-cost models to more powerful ones. In 1966, the U.S. Navy recovered a hydrogen bomb that the U.S. Air Force had lost in the Mediterranean Sea off Spain following a B-52 crash. In 1983, space shuttle astronauts Story Musgrave and Don Peterson went on the first U.S. spacewalk in almost a decade as they worked in the open cargo bay of Challenger for nearly four hours. In 1994, civil war erupted in Rwanda a day after a mysterious plane crash claimed the lives of the presidents of Rwanda and Bermuda. In months that followed, hundreds of thousands of minority Tutsi and Hutu moderates were slaughtered by Hutu extremists. And in 2006, a British judge ruled that author Dan Brown didn't steal ideas for the Da Vinci Code from a notification from a nonfiction work. Time for us to step aside again. When we return on the update this Tuesday on the road from Carl Schurz Park, we'll give you a recap of our top story. Nearly 139,000 positive cases in the state, and the number of deaths in the city from the virus has eclipsed 3,200. 225 more deaths than those that were killed at the World Trade Center on 9-11. We'll have the latest details. We'll also give you another check of your transit conditions. We'll go to Wall Street. We'll talk some business news happening there. And later on, we will talk national news because there is still an election happening this year. And in Wisconsin, hundreds of voters there are waiting in line to cast ballots at polling places for their state's presidential primary election. They're defying orders for democracy, ignoring a stay-at-home order over the coronavirus threat. We will have that and more when the update with Brandon Julian on the road returns. Let us talk some business news on this. 
this Tuesday. In the early morning trading on Wall Street, stocks were climbing as the markets around the world were piling on even more big gains following their huge rally a day earlier. The S&P 500 index rose more than 2% in the first few minutes of trading and added on to yesterday's 7% surge. Following encouraging signs that the pandemic may be close to leveling off in some of the hardest hit areas of the world. The stock market, of course, is looking ahead to when economies will reopen after authorities shut down businesses and travel and issued stay-at-home orders in the hopes of slowing the spread of the virus. And in Washington, despite the gains, more economic misery is still on the horizon. Economists expect a report on Thursday to show that 5 million Americans applied for unemployment benefits last week as layoffs sweep the country. That would bring the total to nearly 15 million over the past three weeks. Analysts are also expecting big companies in the coming weeks to report their worst quarter of profit declines in more than a decade. When we return on the update this Tuesday, it'll be time to talk in national news, including how in Wisconsin, hundreds of voters there are waiting in line to cast their ballots at polling places in their state's presidential primary election. They're defying orders for democracy, ignoring the stay-at-home order of the coronavirus threat. We'll add that and more when the update with Brandon Julian from Carl, from Carl Schurz Park. Need to get the pronunciation of that when the update on the road returns. From the streets of New York to wherever you are, the update with Brandy Julian. We'll be right back. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of The Update? Listen to us anytime at Mixcloud.com slash the WKRB Update. news on this Tuesday, and we are going to begin in Washington. 
where the Navy's is acting secretary has now been forced to apologize after a profanity-laden broadside in which he called the fired commander of the coronavirus-stricken USS Theodore Roosevelt, quote, too naive or too stupid. Thomas Mold, Modley, I should say, issued a written apology yesterday, hours after President Trump described his comments about Captain Brett E. Cozier as rough. Modley had relieved Cozier of command of the ship last week, saying he showed, quote, extremely poor judgment in widely distributing a memo pleading for an accelerated evacuation of crew members to protect their health. Late yesterday, Modley apologized for, quote, any pain his remarks caused and praised Cozier as, quote, not naive and stupid. In other news, in Madison in Wisconsin, there is still a presidential election this year to talk about amid the pandemic. Hundreds of voters there are waiting in line to cast their ballots at polling places for the state's presidential primary election. They're defying orders for democracy, ignoring a stay-at-home order over the coronavirus threat. Some poll workers, including the Republican State Assembly Speaker, are wearing masks, gloves, and what appear to be surgical scrubs. The National Guard is helping run voting sites across the state after thousands of election workers stepped down, fearing for their safety. Dozens of polling places are closed, but others opened at 7 o'clock this morning. The Election Day chaos is underscoring the lengths to which the coronavirus outbreak has upended politics. Back in Washington, White House Press Secretary Stephanie Gresham is now leaving her post after never holding a single formal press briefing. Uh, she'll be assuming, assuming a new role as Chief of Staff to First Lady Melania Trump. She had continued to represent the First Lady while also holding the titles of Press Secretary and White House Communications Director since June of last year. Grisham, who succeeded Sarah Sanders and Sean Spicer, had never held a single formal press briefing. She had been sidelined during the coronavirus pandemic, and since Mark Meadows, the president's new chief of staff, began to assume control. And finally, the U.S. Surgeon General, uh, Jerome Adams, he's echoing the optimistic comments by President Trump and Vice President Pence, saying that if Americans keep practicing social distancing for the rest of April, quote, we can start to slowly reopen in some places. Speaking on ABC's Good Morning America, Adams said that U.S. officials are watching to see how China and South Korea handle reopening their societies after putting mitigation efforts in place to deal with outbreaks of the virus. We will close with uh, your thought for today. Interesting. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding, 
Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to close our edition of the update today with your thought for today, of course. It's from P.T. Barnum, the American showman, born in 1810 and died on this date in 1891. Our thought for today is money is, in some aspects, life's fire. It is a very excellent servant, but a terrible master. I'm going to let you guys ponder on that, as we say. In the words of Walter Cronkite, that is the way it is. Tuesday, April the 7th, 2020. That is the update on this Tuesday. I'm Brandon Schoen. We appreciate you joining us. And in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hoping that your news is good news. I thank you very much for joining us. Good luck. Be safe. Be well. Stay healthy. Stay home, if possible be well and I'll see you back here from somewhere else in the city tomorrow